0: Here's the New Cold War podcast with Edward Lucas. China's overreach is prompting a global backlash. As I argued in my column for the London Times in mid-May 2020, we should be grateful to the bullies of Beijing. They're waking up the world to the threat we face. Spinelessness has its limits. That's what China is proving with its relentlessly thin-skinned and bombastic treatment of the outside world. The latest example comes from a furore around a letter written by European Union ambassadors in Beijing. They wanted to mark the 45th anniversary of the EU's diplomatic relations with China by calling for greater cooperation published in the Chinese Communist Party's English-language newspaper, the China Daily, the blandly worded missive should have been just a footnote in a big, long-running and rather depressing story. Democracy's efforts to pretend that their relations with the totalitarian adversary are friendly and normal. Instead, the letter became the centre of a scandal. At the last minute, Chinese officials insisted on the removal of a clause that had dared to mention the outbreak of the coronavirus in China and its subsequent spread to the rest of the world over the past three months. The EU's envoy in Beijing promptly agreed to this change and did so without consulting his fellow ambassadors. That sparked fury in foreign ministries across Europe and a rare public rebuke from the envoy's bosses in Brussels. This storm in a diplomatic wine glass exemplifies not just the cluelessness of some EU officials, but an important new trend. The more China bullies the outside world, the greater the backlash it creates. The countries complaining about the censorship of the ambassador's letter included not just hawks such as Sweden and Lithuania, but cautious heavyweights, France, Germany and, most surprising, Italy. That country, hard hit by the pandemic, has been the centrepiece of a full-blown Chinese influence campaign involving covert financial payments and high-profile shipments of medical aid, coupled with a propaganda blizzard claiming that traditional Western allies have left Italy in the lurch. The Beijing leadership's overreach is also visible in its obsessive desire to impose its One China policy on Hong Kong and Taiwan. The outside world has no desire to pick a fight with the mainland regime over these territories. Many locals in both places just want to get on with their lives rather than worry about geopolitics. But brazen breaches of the one country, two systems deal over the governance of Hong Kong have stoked resentment in the former British colony and fear abroad. Splenetic Chinese rhetoric, most recently calling Hong Kong's pro-democracy protesters a virus that must be eradicated, have not just failed to daunt those brave people, they've also nixed any chance, for the foreseeable future, of persuading the Taiwanese to accept reunification under similar promises. Moreover, other countries are now inching up their support for Taiwan. Western governments, including Canada and Australia, are making a concerted effort to restore the offshore Chinese democracy's observer status at the World Health Assembly. Taiwan was excluded from this body in 2016 because of pressure from the communist regime in Beijing. It regards the island state as a rebel province and demands that the outside world treat it as a pariah. The Dutch trade and investment mission in the Taiwanese capital recently shortened its name to Netherlands Office Taipei, highlighting a broader political mandate and it also changed its logo to show the colours of the Dutch flag. The regime in Beijing could have ignored this tiny symbolic twitch towards political relations with Taiwan. Nobody would have noticed. Instead, it issued a furious complaint guaranteeing publicity for the move and threatened to halt shipments of medical supplies, stoking resentment among the Dutch who, like most people, don't like to be bullied. And overuse makes these threats less credible. Australia has brushed aside warnings of trade sanctions. They were expressed in an admonition that Australia would be treated like gum stuck to the bottom of China's shoe and scraped off with a stone. Instead, Australia is stepping up support for an independent international inquiry into the origins of the coronavirus. American senators responded to the Chinese pressure on Australia with a strongly phrased bipartisan letter of support, signed In Mateship. Germany has complained that China tried to extort public expressions of gratitude for the provision of medical aid, and in Poland, Chinese officials apparently tried the same trick on the country's president, Andrzej Duda. This overbearing, needy approach brings not compliant kowtows, but resentment, leaks and renewed determination. Countries all over the world are now worrying about the fragility of supply chains that depend too heavily on China. Here in Britain, Amid continuing worries about the decision to allow Huawei, the Chinese telecoms giant, to play a role in the rollout of the next-generation 5G mobile phone network, hawkish Conservative Party members have launched the China Research Group. This aims to sharpen thinking on relations with the regime in Beijing. The backlash is perhaps strongest in the United States, which now explicitly blames the Chinese authorities for the pandemic. A dossier leaked to an Australian newspaper purportedly the result of an investigation by the Five Eyes Intelligence Alliance, accuses the communist authorities of deliberately suppressing evidence in an assault on international transparency. Two thirds of Americans now mistrust China, some want to sue for compensation. Restrictions on Chinese acquisitions of US companies and on Chinese students in sensitive science and engineering fields are under consideration. These are all dismal results for the new wolf-warrior diplomacy, named after a fearsome Chinese screen hero. But Western responses are still tactical and uncoordinated. President Trump scorns allies rather than wooing them. Other Western countries, notably in Europe, are blinded by anti-Americanism to the broader strategic picture. Our divisions remain China's best hope. This is Edward Lucas with the new Cold War podcast. You can find more about me, my books and other publications at edwardlucas.com or follow me on Twitter at edwardlucas. This has been a Homegrown Media production. For more on the New Cold War, please visit edwardlucas.com.